Hey guys, just Josh here. Welcome to Ballarat Talks. Proudly sponsored by the Region Cinema. Yeah, you, yeah. you put the balls on the line there. Yeah, I was. <laughs> no, I moved, I moved out of home when I was 14, so I sort of come Really? Yeah. My face. The phone. I hope you enjoyed today's episode, guys, with Chris Radford. Alright, today's guest is a very good friend of mine. Uh, he's a father, he works in the strength and conditioning field which did lead him to work at the Western Bulldogs and he owns the Rad Centre in town. Welcome Thank you. Chris Thank you, Jumanji. Jumanji, Jumanji Driscoll. <laughs> Chris Radford. Chris, I, uh, I don't even know how we met. Uh, I think I, that you're... I, do, you, do you want my first memory of you? Yeah, go on, here we go. It's a funny story. Horsham West Primary School. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know what you're going to say, yeah. <laughs> I would have been in grade six or five or six and you would have been in three or four, something like that. No, I would have been grade four. So you were in Ash's year, my yeah. old brother's year. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And so the Horsham West, um, was, it, was it a talent? Yeah, it was a talent. Talent show? Talent, yeah. Yeah. Yep. And um, don't blame it on the boogie. Yeah. And you were out the front um, strutting stuff. Remember. That's my I first did. memory. <laughs> oh, and then we sort of reconnected, I think uh, we did... I, that's what I mean. I can't remember why we reconnected. Like it was obviously in the gym space, but you, you started. Oh yeah, don't know. He was friends with Ash anyway, which is my older brother, and then I was in Will's here, which is your brother. Yep. And then we became close friends after that. From there, yep. Anyway, um, start us off, mate. So you grew up in Horsham. God's country. Yep. God's country. It's a fantastic place. Um, and you started. It was volleyball, wasn't it? Volleyball was the main sport through school. Yeah. Yep. So lots of volleyball at school and then after school, yeah, played a state league competition and, and whatnot there and yep. still play now. Just the tournaments now, just as tournament specialist. Yeah. Coming for the big games. So is that, that what sort of led you into the strength and conditioning stuff or was that just... Uh, I suppose, yeah, finished school and had an interest in sport. Yep. Um, wanted to yeah, further that, so come to Ballarat to do exercise and sports science. Yep. Um, but didn't really know where I wanted to end up from it. Um, and after it was probably my second year um, had a big influence from Scott Telby who was one of my teachers yeah, and lecturers yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, at the time and he sort of you know got me involved with some basketball stuff and just showed me what can happen with um, and I, got, I had a little bit of an idea from you know my um, pathway as an athlete of, of what happens at the top level yep. um, but Scott sort of showed me on the back end what, a, what an SNC coach does Okay. and that's sort of the first spark the interest in the field um, during, the, during the degree I guess and then you started from your back ship, wasn't it? Yeah, I was, yeah. so finished uni, um, yep. did a honours degree after uni um, in, a, in doing some research um, and then through that worked with the Greater Western, well, at the time, North Ballarat Rebels, yep. um, now the GWV Rebels, um, and then with the North Ballarat Roosters. Um, and while I was working with the Roosters, um, we had a, a single car garage at home mm-hmm. um, and we yeah, got some second-hand equipment um, off Gumtree um, put it in there and, and that was one it was a space for me to train and play around with some stuff yep. um, but two it was to yeah, invite some friends and, and some of those Roosters players to come down and, and train and, and play around um, it was a, yeah, a dirt floor that we put some carpet down on um, that someone just pulled out of their house that we knew um, and then yeah, it's gone from there. That wasn't that wasn't um, the one I've been to though, was it? It was no, that was the before, one before that. One. that. I don't, I don't know if you. Was there, was, there was a few that came to the um, the original, but there wasn't heaps there. We're probably in the in the original for about twelve months, but it was very much just a hobby then. Okay. Yeah. Um, and then after yeah, probably twelve months of being there, 
um, Jess and I moved house and just so happened to have a four car garage. Yeah, I remember. Yep. Um, and then, yeah, so we decked the four car garage out with um, a little bit more stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, came a little bit more serious. Football was still the big um, passion for me at the time. So I was still at the Roosters yep. um, and, yeah, had the, the business on the side. Um, and still worked full-time at the university yep. um, and then sort of stepped away from full-time university to chase the business a little bit more um, and yeah roles with football changed um, and then yeah now we're in our warehouse that we're in at the moment and so there's not because like a lot of people that do strength conditioning I, I talk to it seems like it's a very a hard field to get a job and be hard to get money when you get the job or if you if you get the job I should say like like at a footy club for example they don't, it's not like, and you do a lot of hours, like Tuesday, yeah. Thursday, Saturday, what, Sunday recovery or something? Yeah, minimum. Yeah. 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 Um, oh, and so. Plus plenty. Oh, across the country, in the whole country, I reckon, in terms of if you're paid well yep. in the professional sport, um, unless you're the, the big dog, the high performance manager. Yep. And if you're that, you're probably on, I don't know, two, three hundred K, maybe a little bit more if you're Darren Burgess or whatnot. Yep. Um, but outside of that, you know, it's. 60, 70k a year. Okay. If you're getting paid at all. Yeah. Yeah, that's um, what if you're going to say if. Yeah. And so it takes a long time to crack into that. So, you know, when my role at the Rebels, that's very much volunteer. Yep. At the Roosters, that was my first paid gig. Yep. Um, but then if you work out your hourly rate there, $5 an hour maybe. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, when I progressed to the Bulldogs, um, paid a little bit more. Yep. And once again, but you put the hourly rate in, maybe $10 an hour. It's crazy. Um, so it's, it's definitely not in it for the, the money. <laughs> so it's a love of the experience, I guess. Yeah, yeah. Did, how did you get that job at the Bulldogs? How did you... Um, yeah, position just came up, um, applied for it, went through the full application, um, two, two or three interviews yep. um, with the AFL high performance manager and the VFL coach. Yep. Um, and yeah, I was lucky enough to, to get the role. Um, yeah, so first year I was just the, the VFL high performance manager. Um, and then my second and third year, I was a VFL high performance manager and then an AFL assistant strength coach. Um, so I got to sort of, yeah, see firsthand what happens inside an AFL program. Was that interesting for a start? It's definitely, you know, a cool environment to be a part of, yeah. um, both from, so from the professional point of view, being surrounded by lots of other really good um, individuals. Um, from a team point of view, being a part of that culture is, is pretty cool. Yeah. Um, but then on the flip side... Um, they're not that much better at things. Okay, yeah, well, it's just the same movements. Yeah, everything's still the same. Yeah. Um, they're just really good at football. <laughs> oh, you mean the player? Or do you mean the yeah, player? So yeah, like player from, sorry, I thought you meant like from a, a coaching perspective. Oh, yeah, or well, even from the coaching point of view, if you know, compare myself to someone that was there in a full-time capacity, yep. um, you know, they've had a couple more years' experience, um, but in terms of um, their... You know, skill set and whatnot. I think I'm still, you know, right up there with them. Right up there with yep. them as well. Um, but yeah, it was unreal experience. It would have been cool. What was the? What was the? Is there a day that you remember that was like uh, the most grueling session that you thought, "Geez, I wouldn't like to be out there." Like it was. Um, any ridiculous sessions? No ridiculous ones. Like during the preseason, there's you know definitely tough sessions where you know you're pushing 13, 13, 14, 15k sessions. Come inside, have you know half an hour to have a drink and, and a snack and then you're in the gym again Just, um, which you know yes it is tough and whatnot. but if you're you know, 
want to play in the best league in the country. Mm. That's sort of what's required. And, and then on the flip side, they're getting paid very well to do it too. That's true. Do you think it's gone too far with that sort of stuff now or not with the conditioning side of things? Because it's a full running game. Like so some um, of Yes and no, because you could, you could argue that. But then I think if you compare it to an endurance athlete or something, they're doing nothing. Yeah, true. Yeah. Um, but there's a lot more. Obviously, the skill aspect takes up such a big chunk of their time. Yeah. Um, it's a collision-based sport, so you've got to recover from the collisions. But if you look at the total volume of training that they do and you compare it to a marathon runner or an Ironman athlete or something like that, they're yeah. doing nothing. Okay. Um, so would you be able to run, run us through what a structured program would look like for elite athlete like that? Then? In the AFL? Yeah. Yeah, also, say they play Saturday? Yep. Sunday, recovery. Um they might come into the club and do that. Most of the time you do it in your own time. Monday would come in and it's vision, um, light recovery, light skills work, um, upper body strength. Yep. Tuesday, main session on the track and main um, lower body strength. So that's a, run, like a, a full running session? Yeah, or normal skill session. Yep. yep. Um, Wednesday, day off. Thursday would be um, another main skill session. Um, so, but think so. The difference between Tuesday and Thursday is Tuesday would be a slower, longer session. Thursday, shorter, faster session. Yep. Like intensity based, or yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and then Thursday in the gym would be power focus. Yep. Friday, captain's run. Um, upper body weights for those that need it. What's captain's run? Um, might we go through some structures for the the game coming up? Some. Um, set plays that you might want to roll through or set positions yep. um, that sort of thing or just scenario based I guess yep. um, yeah upper body for those that want it or, or, or like doing it yep. um, and then yeah game on Saturday What's the, what about the food and that do they get coached on that type of stuff too or is it more so just like do whatever yeah so depending on the club that you're at um, so some of the big clubs have got full time chefs that work at their club Jeez. Um, so literally everything's provided so you walk into the club and you eat your brekkie there, eat your lunch there, eat your tea there. Yep. But not all the clubs have that much money. Um, so when I was at the Bulldogs, they're not a, a high roller club. Yep. Um, but they do have a, a dietitian. Um, so the dietitian, when I was there, she was there three days a week. Yep. And she would do lunch on the main training days. So Tuesday, Thursday, um, she'd prepare the lunch. Yep. Um, and then outside of that, she does a lot of education to try and upskill the players to then make sure that they're looking after themselves. Yep. Um, so it's particularly the, the younger guys when they first come in, it's, it's cooking classes, it's shopping trips, um, <laughs> like, you know, like literally teaching them how to eat health, healthily. Yep. Um, and, but yeah, a lot of the ownership's back on the player there, I suppose. Mm. Yeah, right. Do you, what, what do you, where do you think there's lacking in that? Is, like, is there anything lacking in the AFL that you think in the system's just half broken? You're just like, well, they just really need to focus on what's well, really stuck in the old days. Like if I look at like, for instance, boxes. There's got to be a better way than running 20Ks or 15Ks a day at a slow pace when it's like all intensity based, that yeah. type of stuff. Is there, is there something in the AFL like that? Um, not really. The big thing I would say, because like in terms of, so the S&C and the sports science, AFL is world leading. Okay. Um, so often the S&C sports science guys are poached by American sports. Yep. Um, so basketball... Um, NFL and, and hockey and, what, and baseball and whatnot. Yep. From Australia, they're yep. poached. Really? Yep, poached to go over there. Um, so, all, 
little tangent here, sorry. Yeah, you're right, go So when I was at the North Melbourne Roosters to start with, Dan, jo- I was the assistant. Dan Jones um, was the, the head S&C coach. Yep. Um, he's now the head S&C coach for the Brooklyn Nets. Oh, wow. Which is pretty cool. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, he yeah, from the Roosters, he went to North Melbourne. Um, and then the high-performance manager for North Melbourne went to the Brooklyn Nets. And um, then two years later, he poached Dan to go over there as well. So he oh, just right. hangs out with Kevin Durant every day. That's incredible. Um, which still, is pretty cool. Do you still have that connection? Or? Yeah, yeah, no, <laughs> yeah, still, yeah. still talk to him. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Um, so, but yeah, so my, the big thing with, with the AFL system is um, I think they get their hand held too much. As um, in the kids or the players? The players. Yeah. So then when they get spat out on the other end, so say they don't make it and they're not a 200-game superstar, yep. um, they're pretty hopeless. They don't know what to do. Yeah, so like you hear the example of Brendan Favola yep. um, when he went to another club and his phone stopped working and he didn't know what to do. And it was just because he didn't pay his bill. Oh, right, okay. Yep. And then his other club, someone paid his bill for him. Yep. Um, and there's just little examples like that. So, And diff- every club's different. Um, so some clubs are, are really big on, on the players being empowered and, and helping do lots of different things around the place. Yep. Um, and other systems, it's, nope, the player is here to kick the ball through the sticks. That's all that's he it. does. Wow. Um, you change so much in different clubs. That's yeah, and, and everyone has their own you know, philosophy around what works well and what doesn't. Yep. Um, so, yeah, and works for some and, and not for others. Hmm. So moving on from Bulldogs, you left there two years ago? Yeah, so two, end of 2019, um, we sort of, yeah, no, we weren't married yet. No, you weren't married. Yeah. My uh, fiancé at the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No. Yeah. No, we were married. Are you sure? Yeah, definitely married. I don't think, before or after you left? We were married. Yeah, no, we were married. And then, so I mean, the yeah, t- Sorry, you met, yeah, yeah, because that's like, I filmed the wedding, I don't reckon I knew you that well then. <laughs> No, not yet. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, and then we launched your video production. Yeah, there, we go. there we go. <laughs> Thanks, Chris. <laughs> Just. Um, yeah, so my wife and I sat down at the end of the 2019 season um, and sort of weighed up um, all the pros and cons of keeping doing the footy, don't do the footy. There wasn't going to be any progression for me there. Yeah. Um, I was going to do the same role, which there was nothing wrong with the role or whatnot. Um, but after three years, I was hoping to you know, progress or step up or get some more responsibility. Um, on the other side of things, the business was doing pretty well, um, but was sort of hitting a bit of a sticking point itself in terms of needed um, me or someone to come and drive things a little bit more. Yep. Um, but the number one driving factor was that um, Jess and I wanted to, to start a family. Mm. Um, and some of the things that, that came with that made it you know, financially tricky to yep. keep doing the bulldog stuff. Yeah. Um, so that was yeah the main driving factor behind it. So it was a lot of time you spent like yeah, so driving down the highway and that. And a normal day. Yeah. Um, so on a Tuesday, or so Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday, I was at the club. Yep. I work in the gym from six till ten. Yep. Go home, see Jess for fifteen minutes, get in the car, drive to Melbourne to leave Ballarat at ten thirty a.m. Be at Melbourne all day, get home at ten thirty p.m. Eat, sleep, rave, repeat. Yeah. Um, so, and yeah, I didn't really probably acknowledge how taxing that was um, until I stopped. Uh, it was probably, I don't know, even six months later. Um, Jess and I just went for a walk one day um, when, you know, I used to be driving. I was like, I used to drive a fair bit, didn't I? Oh, I couldn't. I, I still couldn't <laughs> drive. I was thinking to myself, oh my God. Like. Um, and Jess is like, yeah, a lot. Yeah. Um, so... 
but like I wouldn't change it. I, you know, I love, love the experience and, and everything that I got from it, and, and wouldn't be where I am without that experience. Mm. Um, but yeah, just from a from me personally, it just wasn't the right um, time for me to continue with that role. Yeah. Um, yeah. Do you see yourself going back to something like that or not? Um, potentially at some stage. If they offered you a job to go to America, would you go? Not right now. No. No. Mainly, oh, and even like my. And you, you're probably pretty similar now. You're a father too. Like my priorities and everything have just changed mm. um, since Elsie come along. Yeah. Um, it's you know instead of um, jumping at every opportunity, it's like well now I jump at every opportunity to it's hang out with yep. with Jess and Elsie. Yep. Um, and that's something I don't know I hadn't really thought about until she came along. You, you yep. probably yeah, saw it with yeah, Willow. Yep. Um, so if there was something like that, maybe down the track. Yeah. Um, but at the moment, I'm pretty happy with. Where things and I don't think our grandparents on either side would. Oh, I was gonna say I don't think that. <laughs> I don't, don't think the family would be happy. Um, so you move, so you moved to the rad, the new rad center in two thousand eighteen, seventeen. Eighteen, I reckon. Eighteen from yep. the shed. Yep. What was the determining factor to make the leap? Like, why did you? Um, Jess was. There was too many people coming in our backyard that she didn't know. Oh, really? <laughs> <laughs> I'm not doing this. <laughs> it was, that wasn't like a big reason, but like that was one factor. Yeah, there's a lot of people coming around. Yeah, you because know, we just had, oh, you remember, there's a little yeah. side gate you yeah, come I through. Yeah, come through the side gate. Yep. Walk down in the back shed. Um, and, it just, and it also got to the point where um, well, we did have one other person working with us at the time. So Liam Tower was working with us. Yep. Um, and so, you know, he had a key to our house and, and shed stuff, which was, you know, yep. Tally and I, great mates and everything. Um, but it was just little things around that and it was just getting to the point where it was just getting too busy. Yeah. Um, so yeah, took the jump and, and went into the, the big shed mm. for us. Mm. Um, and, uh, and yeah, it's grown along since from there. Um, to, yeah, also at the time, yeah, Tally was the only coach. Oh, well, she sort of started just before we moved. Yep. Um, and yeah, now we've got, you know, Tim and Steph are full time. Um, and then we've got five casual S&C coaches. Um, a physiotherapist and a dietitian, yep. um, all on board as well, which is um, which who's, is pretty who's cool. Dietitian oh, uh, Michelle I'm, Ryan is her name. Yeah, I don't think I've met her ever. No. Not yet. No. no, no, she's lovely though. So um, she's been a, an awesome addition to the team. Yeah. And um, so all, the idea, what we're trying to create, is like this regional. Um, it's kind of like a regional institute of sport almost, yep. where all everything's sort of in one little hub. Nice, yeah, nice little hub. Yeah. 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 Um, to you know, if you're a, you're an athlete looking to get better or come back from an injury or something, that's you know we want to be the place to to come for that. Yeah. Um, so that's what we're slowly working towards. Did you put a budget towards that gym and did you go way over it or did you think like we were pretty well on the hammer? No, we're pretty good. Yeah. Um, or because you know we were big on and you've probably done the same. Like you just have a, a wish list of everything you want. Yeah. And then you look at the money you have. <laughs> And then you go back to your wish list <laughs> and you cross half of it off. Because, yep. um, yeah, so from a financial point of view, Jess and I, we've you know, funded everything. We haven't had to um, finance anything for the, the gym or the businesses of yet. It's just always been work hard, save money, reinvest it. Yep. Work hard, save money, reinvest it. It's yep. um, just, yeah, Sorry. very similar to you. Yeah, Sorry, yep. um, yeah not rolling around in uh, nice... Tesla's just no. yet. <laughs> um, do do you have a? Oh, actually, I won't put you on the spot like that. The favourite athlete, but do you have any athletes that you sort of trained that have gone on to be very? I know, well, I know you have, but is yeah. there any like ones you can mention that you like? Yeah, well, like there's, and I think this is the the big thing that people don't really realise is how many 
really good athletes live in Ballarat. Mm. Um, and, and one big thing we're trying to do, so often those good athletes would have to go to Melbourne yep. um, to do their training or to, to, to whatever. Um, so if we can make it easier for them um, and provide a service locally, it makes life so much easier. So, you know, Julian Spence is, is run for Australia. Um, Georgia Amor is playing with Virginia Tech over in um, America in basketball. Abby Wirrion has played basketball for Australia. Um, and then Nick and Liam White, um, really good cyclists. Um, so Nick's won the um, national cycling event. Jesse Norton's another good cyclist. Um, you know, we could go on. There's, we're, we're pretty lucky to have worked with um, some really high quality athletes, that's for sure. And then there's been heaps that have come through um, the, the NAB League system that have then been drafted to AFL clubs as well. Yeah, who did I was it Lloyd? Lloyd? Yeah, big Lloyd Meek yeah, made his yeah. debut at the start of the season, and, and Harry Sharp. Um, he's another one that made a debut yeah. this season. He's got, he's got the Brisbane Lions coming in today, so that's a pretty, that's yeah, a pretty good pretty accolade to that. say. Yeah, I was going to say you've got the whole team coming in. Um, yeah, so that'll be cool. And then, and oh, that's the other thing is um, have creating networks. Um, mm. So that's just come about from um, yeah, keeping a good relationship with one of the players. Um, and then another one, so on the weekend, the, the, the Vixens and the Thunderbird netballers are in town. Yep. Um, same thing, a couple of their injured girls are going to come through and use our facility um, when they're in town. Um, and that's just from a, a network as well. Um, do you? How do you find the balance? Because you obviously get a fair few of those people that would be like, let's say Brisbane Lions, for example. Do you look at that from an exposure standpoint, or do you say, well, it's going to cost X amount? Or because I'd imagine you'd have a fair few come through like that. Um, it's more an exposure thing. Yep. Um, so yeah, any of those guys. Oh, and it's also just from a, a personal interest. I, yeah, I just like doing it too. It, yeah. Um, so yeah. We're certainly not making a lot of money from all that sort of thing. Yep. Um, but as a passion, that's what we like to do. Um, and then, yeah, like I said, the exposure, I suppose. So I don't know if we're going to be able to publish any content from the Brisbane Lions, but yeah, say, they, so they get weird on that stuff. They do get a bit precious, but yeah. we'll see. Um, but, you know, use the example of Abby Weiron. Um, she's a good basketballer. So we use the exposure of her coming in and, and training with us. Um, the hope is that then the next Abby Weirong um, coming through yep. goes, oh, she goes there. Yeah, they must be the yeah, place, um, the good place in. to go. Definitely. Hopefully, anyway, that's the thought process that we use. Yeah. And you've got, you, you do 24-7 memberships there now too, don't you? Oh, it's sort of a part of the package. Yeah. Um, so our elite membership gets all your programming, coaching, recovery stuff, 24-7 swipe, um, and then discount to the physio and dietitian as well. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, so. Awesome. Do you see, I don't know if this is just a, well, this is from my assumptions that a lot of um there's a lot more injuries in sport now like knees and that is that correct yeah well this year is going to be a bit scary i reckon yeah because no one's been doing like the lateral movements and the like yeah oh just being tackled yep or jumping into a pack or on a netball court being pushed when you're in the air yep um so it's you know touch wood it's going to be okay but it is a little bit scary of what could potentially happen because you know some people have been doing lots but majority haven't done much at all. Not, yeah, not to that standard. Do you, but before that, did you see like in the AFL that a lot of people were doing more injuries or not? Uh, nothing. Yeah, nothing major different. Um, the big one is obviously the publicity around the AFLW and the injuries there have been getting. So the girls playing. Oh, so a few injuries there, is there? Yeah, well, girl, well, so there's a number of factors that come into that. So one, a lot of the girls haven't been playing footy for as long as um, you know, some of the boys that have you know, started in Auskick. Yep. So simple things of knowing where to put your body when you're coming in to get tackled. Yep. Um, you know, how to absorb a bump when you're going for a ground ball. Yep. Um, how do you 
or even a lot of them have come from a netball, which is, you know, it isn't a contact sport, but they do have contact. Yep. Um, onto a footy oval where there's grass, is moving a little bit, they've got boots on. Um, there's a lot of different factors, um, and that's why there's a high incidence. Um, the media sort of blow that out of the water even more, um, but there's been lots and lots of good programs put in place to help build that up. And so the next lot of girls that are coming through, hopefully they're not exposed to that same sort of scenario. It'd be pretty, it'd be pretty exciting to be a girl coming through now because, like, obviously, as the years go on, the standard's going to get a lot, lot oh. better with a lot of the girls coming through. Yeah. But, like, that first start of, like, you notice a lot of girls around here start to get drafted and things like that. Do you think... It's, it's super exciting for women's sport at the moment. Yeah. Um, it's still a long way from where it should be, um, but it's certainly heading in the right direction. Um, and I think the AFL their financial backing is helping push it yep. and which is then also helping elevate other sports because um, if they don't lift up and um, you know fin- financially reward the girls yep. um, they're just going to go play footy it makes, I think it makes it so tough with it because obviously there's a lot of discussion of this at the moment with pays and things like that yep. and getting people interested in it I think it has gone leaps and bounds this year do you think that will bring the rounds to the same uh, what do you call it seasons as in the same as as around the same time as the yeah. men's, yeah. I don't think they will yet, because um, it'll it will affect the viewership. Um, I think the advantage of doing the women's season separate to the men's is you know, people have got some footy to go watch. Yep. Um, and they definitely would still get the crowds if they played with the men. Yep. But I don't know if it would be as big just yet, because the competition's still building. And they all play the same grades, don't they? Yeah. 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 Um, so you know, maybe down the track you see um, a women's game as a warm up. And then the men's game is afterwards. I don't know. Mm. Who knows what could happen with it? Interesting. Um, but th- that model that the AFL have done is is working well, and I think other sports will start to follow it. Yeah. There is something I do want to get into, Christopher. Uh, your IVF story, if you're willing to share a bit. Yeah. Um, sure. I remember it was a pretty pretty hard time for you and Jess, and I've got a couple of friends that have been through it now, and it's becoming a lot more common or at least a lot more comfortable to talk about it. Yeah. Um, how did the whole process go with that? How did you... How did this, For a start, how long did you take before you went there? Uh, so we, we tried for probably over 12 months yeah. um, and then went to see the, the specialist. Um, and so Jess had endometriosis. Yep. So that makes life difficult. Um, so then had a little operation to clean that up um, and tried for another... I want to say four, four or five months. Um, still no luck. I want to go back again, um, and that's where the specialist, like you know, he couldn't explain what, why it wasn't working. And you know, from all tests, Jess worked and I worked. Yeah. Um, but <laughs> together, <laughs> they didn't work. How did that testing process go? <laughs> yeah, well, we're not up to that part yet. Okay. Yeah, go on. Um, so then he's like, yeah, so we can't explain why he can't get pregnant, um, but. You know, it's it's not happening. Um, so I recommended going down the IVF pathway, um, and this is something I certainly knew nothing about. Um, Jess, as a midwife, knew a little bit about, but probably not the full depth and detail of of everything that's involved with it, um, both from the the financial side, um, but then from a, a physical, but probably more the mental side. And once again, yes, for me, but more so for for Jess. She catches babies for a living, so it would have been horrible. Yeah, like, also her, horrible. But like she just would have been. Yeah, she found it really tough. So particularly, so Jess is a, a fantastic mum. She's just such a 
loving, caring, kind person. Um, and all she wanted was a baby. And she could, she, you know, nothing she could do yep. could um, get her a baby. Um, but then she'd go to work and there'd be situations where people were having babies and then like literally running out of the hospital. Yeah. Because they didn't want their baby. Which is yeah, it's just yeah. Well, yes, it's really sad, but Jess just found that tough of like, all I want is a baby, and you're had one, and you just away. run it yeah. away. Um, but anyway, yeah. So go down the IVF pathway. Um, all the so Jess had to have um, a heap of injections. Um, so put I can't remember all the different ones were. They were big names mm. um, to help her grow more eggs. The ovulate or whatever. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, help with the ovulation, and then then they go in and, and harvest the eggs. They go in and harvest the eggs. Yep, go in and right. co- collect the eggs. Yep. Um, and then had to harvest the sperm. Um, so <laughs> well, yeah. We're just, I'm just waiting for the harvest of sperm. Where does the sperm, how does the sperm get Yeah, from? so you, you go into the... So while Jess is having her eggs harvested yeah. um, in one operating theatre, I got taken off to a little, <laughs> little dark room out the back yep. um, and literally get given a cup and say... Off you go. Off you go. Jeez. Um, so in the in the room, they provide you with some material. Do they? What, to, type, what type of material? Like TV or? Oh, uh, there was a TV and yeah. some. Uh, I'd say like early nineties. Um, mag- magazines. <laughs> <laughs> Just. Were they all stuck together? <laughs> I didn't investigate okay. that far. Yeah. Um, but yes, that's how the the sperm's harvested, and then they do- go off and do their thing and put their egg and the sperm together. Just going back there for a second. Right. <laughs> how, how do they... Do you do, you, do, you do the business, put it in the cup, walk away? Or are you bringing the cup? This is the clear cup? Yeah. It's a clear cup? A clear cup, yeah. <laughs> and then they put the... And then, and then you walk it up to the, the lady. Oh, no, so, so lady takes you to the, the back room. Yeah. And says, you know, do your business. Yep. And then afterwards it's hit a little... Buzzer. Yep. Um, that's she doesn't come back in while you're sitting there. No, no, no. Oh, I was going to say, how So you hit a buzzer, um, say you're done, and you walk out, um, and she just comes in afterwards. So there's no okay. confrontation. So they're like, she walks in, she goes, I know what you've just done. <laughs> <laughs> no, she was, wasn't, wasn't winking or anything okay, like that. Okay, cool. Go on. Yep. Um, yeah, so then they put the, the egg and the sperms together, um, hope that they do their thing over the next couple of days, um, which they did. I think we had... I think we had five embryos, yep. um, which they then freeze, um, and then when we were ready, and then you go back in, and um, then they put the embryo back inside Jess, yep. um, and hope that it catches and stays and, and grows into a into a baby. Yep. Um, so the first one didn't work. The first transfer didn't work, so um, didn't attach or, or whatnot. Um, which was tough because you know you go through all this thing and it's like yep we're finally going to have a baby yeah and then nothing no and how but how does that so do they have to remove that or is that just no so then you know know, Jess just had a period and right um, yeah no good will be hard to yeah which was tough yeah and particularly because and Jess has got pictures at home of like all the pregnancy tests oh really that she like would take um, and What's just, saying it's pregnant? No. I'll say it's not pregnant. So it's negative. Gotcha. Um, gotcha. So like every time, you know, pay on the stick. Yeah. Wait a minute, check it, negative. 
next day or next time or whatever. Yeah. Um, which was, yeah, it's pretty tough. Um, but yeah, then, then we were lucky we could do a transfer again straight afterwards and we're in the position we could. Um, and we were yeah, super lucky that the second transfer, or actually when we did the second transfer, um, so we had five embryos, so we lost one. And the second transfer, one didn't unfreeze. Okay. So like died thawing. I don't right. know the right terminology, but anyway. Um, and then the, so the third embryo um, was used. Yep. Um, and that yeah um, worked, and and now we got a nice little girl, little Elsie. Oh, Elsie, beautiful Elsie. How yeah. does how does it work money wise? If you don't mind me asking, how yep. how do they? So you walk in. There's obviously the consult fee would be through the roof probably. Yeah. So it's um, I can't remember the exact numbers, but I remember after the, so when we go down the IVF pathway, um, it's what was it? I reckon the first upfront fee was like nine thousand dollars, um, before you can go on to the next thing. But that sort of paid for like a big chunk. So okay. it paid for like the the harvest, the, all the injections, the harvesting, yep. all the freezer fees, and all that sort of thing. Yep. Um, you do get some Medicare rebate back from that. Yep. Um, and then each transfer, um, I want to say like three or four thousand dollars or something. Yep. And once you do get some back on Medicare, but you, yeah, you have to pay it all upfront at some stage um, and then you know so even at the moment so we've still got two eggs in the freezer um, oh. not in our freezer in yeah, yeah, their yeah. freezer yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I wish they were in our freezer yes. would be cheaper yeah. Um, so yeah you still have to pay um, freezer storage but how, um, how long do they go for though? I think you can keep them for like really? a long long time hmm. um, what's it worth to, worth to stay in the freezer? it's 140 I reckon it's $140 every six months. Ooh. I reckon, yeah, because Jess paid it yesterday. Yeah. Um, and that's just a, until we use it again. Or, and that's the other thing. Like we, so when we want to have a, you know, grow the family, yeah. um, it's, you know, yes, try again naturally and see what happens, but there's the high chance that we might have to IVF again. Is that what they said? You'll have to IVF again? Or did they say that Although, things might start working? And- yeah, they, and once again, because we don't know why, we couldn't get pregnant initially. Yeah. Um, the specialist was just literally like, you know, this might show your body what it's supposed to do. Okay. Um, and you might have more luck next time, um, but you might not. And it's so funny, like, you know, when you're younger, you do everything you can not to get pregnant. Yeah. <laughs> um, trying to get pregnant. It's just like... <laughs> and then you're trying to get pregnant, you're trying to do everything and you still can't get pregnant. It's funny how it all works. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, we're very lucky and, and, and super grateful to have uh, little awesome. Elsie. It's awesome. Yeah. I, remember you, I remember how you showed me. Do you remember how you showed me? Oh yeah, he told me. Uh, was it with a video? Yeah, you 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 said I need some help editing your video, yeah, yeah. and you you like I'm just putting together an IVF video on that. Did you put that out? I don't think you did. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, you put it out. Yeah, oh. it's got a bit of traction actually. Yeah. Because yeah, yeah, like yeah, so we uh, it was a um, my attempt to do some vlogging. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, just was a little bit uncomfortable. This you year, wasn't yeah. great at, it, but it was mainly from like a, a reflection point of view where you wanted to look at it to all remind us of the journey. Yep. Um, but then also to show or to tell a little story. Um, so anyone else out there that might be going through something similar, um, or maybe they've just found out that they have to go through IVF. Yep. Um, could find out a little bit more about it, I suppose. Yeah. Um, so yeah. So we documented it at all. Um, and that was you know, yeah. So I remember editing it and then we're playing through and it went well you just showed me for a start like and I was like oh we could do this this and this and then the, it went faded out black at the end and then was it the heartbeat came yeah. up or something I was like you motherfucker 
<laughs> and yeah, so and that's what we used here. So the the first part we used it, um, and yeah, like I said, goes black and then shows the the heartbeat of the baby. And so that's what we used to show our parents. Yeah. Um, and we f- we filmed their reactions, and that's yeah, that's pretty special. Oh, it's nice. It was cool. Um, so I have some questions for you, mate. Uh, what's something that no one knows about you? Well, a few people know that I'm a drummer and playing a band, yes. but not everyone knows that. I was about to say that at the start, actually, but I wasn't sure if that was going to be in the intro. Playing with uh, Matty Chaps. Yep. Where, the, where can they find you on a Friday night? <laughs> at home on the couch with us. <laughs> no, we're mainly just doing weddings and yep. stuff like that at the moment. Um, what else? Does... I don't really have any hidden talents, sorry. Not a good singer or anything. You did. I think a big one that you showed me was the IVF thing. No, I've got something big about you. What's that? You've never had a sip of alcohol ever. Oh yeah, that's true. Never or like any anything, no smoke. It's similar, very similar to me. Except I've done the alcohol, but yeah. I think that was a big one that I, the first time I met you, I was like, that's you don't hear that too often anymore. No, and like there's no. There's no reason for it. It's just reason. like it's just I just it's, you know mum and dad didn't drink and so I didn't have it when I was you know growing up and around me and then I don't know I'm just. It's, it's not it's not very common anymore though like no if, true but if you're around especially depends on who you're around obviously yeah um, it's right yourself with good people like me mate you'll be fine <laughs> <laughs> that's alright um, what do you love most apart from family you know it would be oh apart from family apart from family the process yes um, so that, where yeah. that sort of goes so like that can be from so I like working and the process of working. Mm-hmm. So it's not something, like, yes, the outcome's nice, but I like the, the process of things. And then that goes over to, I really like hiking. Um, and so, you know, Dad and I always go on one or two trips a year. And so it's not so, yes, the view at the top is cool, but the process of getting there and the journey and whatnot, um, yeah, I like the process. I reckon it's a lot better because it's like the process, once you get to that goal, it's like, now what? Yeah, and it's like even, so go through renovating the house. I love the process of, Literally going through it all. Mm. Building the pizza oven. Mm. Best pizzas in town, actually. Ken, oh, it's a bit cool, but Ford's go pretty well. But I'll... <laughs> <laughs> well, they are quite good, actually. We'll have a pizza off. Righto. Done. Sunday night. No, no not Sunday night. Next week. No. <laughs> uh, what are you most afraid of? Um, oh, on a personal level, it would be like losing Jess or Elsie or something. Mm, it'd be tough. Um, yeah. They're a pretty big part. Yes. Yeah, probably that. Yeah, that's a scary, uh, scary thought. Don't think about that. Or Jimmy, actually, can't forget Jimmy. Yeah, Jimmy. but Jimmy's gonna live forever, so it's okay. <laughs> you always say that Jimmy's gonna live forever. It does make your heart skip a beat, though. Yeah, it does. Like you know, yeah, they you'd be the same. They're just such a big part of your life. Taylor had a car crash. I don't know if you remember that. We opened opened yeah. this store gym, and I had a phone call. It was, it was she was crying, saying she'd been in a car accident. And then just, um, I hear, I think it was her sister screaming in the background or something and then uh, hang up. And it was the scariest oh, yeah. thing. Like I dropped everything, drove. So I knew that she'd sort of just left stall. Yeah. And she was either in Great Western Home or whatever, but it was it was very, very scary. Yeah. Terrible. Not fun. No, it was horrible. That was four below, but still. Still, yeah. yeah like it was yeah. horrible. Um, what... What most resonates with you? So I'm going to change this question though because mm. I always say what quote, but I, I, the quotes are half corny. But like things like, 
Is it something that's stuck with you that someone's said to you or told you throughout? Yeah, life? I've got so I got one. So this is from my pa, so that's dad's dad. Yep. Um, his big thing in life was if you're going to do a job, make sure you do it properly. And so that was um, if we were making a billy cart. This is my memory. I sort of have, and so, you know we might have been building it a certain way. And he's like, no, 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 no. If you're going to do a job, do it properly. Um, so that's sort of something I've just sort of you know kept in the back of my mind of you know, if you're going to do something, do it right. Have a have a real crack at it. Um, and yeah, so that's probably the main one. Yeah, I like that. Hmm. And that sort of flows back to the process too. Yeah, everything really you're gonna do it, do it right. Yeah. yeah. Um, who would you like to see on the podcast next? Anyone in town that? I I reckon getting some of the like a Hames paint story. That's oh, what. Yeah. It, What's his? Uh, I think Steve knows him, man. Though. Um, oh no, there's there's some really really good stories out of Ballarat. Uh, particularly like if you look from a business point of view that started as small little things mm. that are now big on the world stage yep Hames Payne Hames Payne could be a good one H. Troon oh yeah yeah do you, um, do you know these people or no <laughs> not, say, not yet anyway can you help me help me out yeah um, probably that'd be a good one too yeah that sort of thing although Gecko that's another one yeah, I know the head of HR. That's yeah. about all. Yeah, but yeah, I could put you in yeah, touch with Gecko, actually. Do you? Yeah, okay. You train them? Yeah. You do? Okay. Yeah. Right, so we could, we awesome could work one. that one. Awesome. Um, anything else you want to let the people of Ballarat know before we go, mate? No, I've got nothing. All God, God bless y'all. God bless. God bless America. <laughs> thanks, thanks for listening, guys. As always, leave us a review and uh, have a great day. Cool. Thanks for having us. Thanks, mate. Thanks for sharing that, Chris. Cool. No worries. <laughs> Thanks for tuning in, team. Once again, would appreciate any reviews you've got down below. Have a great day.